0: Yeah. <laughs> no it wasn't wanky actually <laughs> like i don't anyways i well i didn't think that was wanky um there's some good. really uh there's some it looks like there's some good comments i don't i feel like we should probably uh i can't even mm-hmm. tell this because um i'm full screened now oh it's 10 so i guess Like, I'm cool with taking a break. I know Pam's probably got to get the hell out. I'm cool with taking a break and doing open mic. Um, It's up to everybody else, unless you want to call it a day. Like I I said, like doing these scratches is like we're doing it. We're learning how to do it in real time. So like, sorry if people came and can't stay to do open mic. But I'm here for it. So if everybody else is, I can stay to do open Mikey stuff or to hang out and chat about more about Bard's poems or AJ's poems or, um, yeah, any of it. Hopelessness, despair, <laughs> rhythm. <laughs> I mean, I think it's really funny that like, well, not funny, but like pretty damn cool that like we have this like, the first, the first scratcher was talking about hopelessness. And then like our second scratcher was talking about this theory that like kind of almost is all obviously unintentionally like a, a way of dispelling that hopelessness in in a weird way. Like that, the like they can't, ta- like, I guess maybe I was saying it, like they can't take the rhythm away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but so uh, what I'll do is. All
1: right, Mutiny Radio listener. What I'm going to do Ooh. is uh, make stop sharing screen. i got to get out of here. Hello. I'm going to. I've got a bunch of things on at the same time uh, um, I gotta get out of this thing uh, hey mutiny radio listener I'm sorry I'm trying to get out of this zoom and trying to get into this call and I'm having trouble working that out um, here we go tap to return call there hello 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 hello, hello? hey there you are um, Boy, you called and I was trying to get out of the Zoom. Let me tag you in and uh, hook you up here. Let's see. Uh, There she is. Um, Let's see. This should be. I don't think you're not plugged into the board yet, though, unfortunately. I think you are now. I think you are. Let's see if I can. Hello. Hello. Oh, do I hear you? I do not hear you. I'm here. Oh, nope, there you are. All right. I'm here. Okay. I'm here. I think we worked it out. My phone is weird. I keep trying to make it have more volume, and it just won't do it. Um, so <laughs> there you are. I hear you pretty, pretty, pretty well. Pretty well. Sweet, okay.
2: sweet Jesus. Well,
1: yeah, man, to things week, are crazy. Um, been, what's gonna happen? I've been so busy. I got people texting me. I got things going on. I got zoom calls i I need some latoya time. I need to know what's going on. How are oh, you doing?
2: My pleasure um well, i'm okay i I got class. my spring break is over. Break I forgot how going. fun it was not to open a book uh uh, let's see. Oh, I did my one of my friend's husbands passed. So RIP Hello. to that person. Yeah. So that was some painful news I got. Um, unexpected on Easter. So, you oh, know, so awful. Shout out to them. Yeah. I know. Her husband. Um, oh,
1: God. That's what a nightmare.
2: Yeah. They were together for like 15 plus years, I believe. So that's got to hurt, you know, so... I've
1: been thinking a lot about death lately only because I was thinking about my buddy Frosty Nugs who passed at Christmas time, and, you know, this is another sort of holiday and how weird it is that people die and then we just kind of move on. And I hate that. Like, I don't know. I I hate that people feel pain, but I, I hate that people... Like, your friend is going through a lot right now and this just happened, but it's like... It's so hard. It's like you want to keep that pain and keep them around because otherwise, everyone just goes on. I don't know. And it's like your whole life. You feel like it's this big thing, and then you suddenly just disappear. I don't know. I've just been thinking about death lately.
2: Uh, more things. I think we're too. I think we're too desensitized about death because we see it with you know social media and stuff, mm. and uh, you know especially with the pandemic how. You know, constantly talking about death and, you know, and I'm still more in shock, if anything. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, a, it, it, it's, he was only 41, so, you know. Oh, my gosh, know. I
1: hate it. I hate that when people are younger than me when they die. That really, it gives me this crazy sense of my own mortality that I'm 46, and it could happen any day. So, living every day to the maximum happiness.
2: Yeah. so that's where I'm at right now. Like things in California will be officially open in June. Yeah. So where I'm at is, and I don't want to go back to the hospitality business. Huh. I'm at a path where I'm trying to move to a different chapter in life. Sure. And so now it's all about me focusing on what am I going to do for a new career? you know what my my education what my degree can get me well what you do know, you want this to, why I'm back in school
1: you know what what do you, you want to do for maximum happiness what would make you what would make you the happiest I don't know
2: anymore huh I don't know anymore I I, I don't know anymore yeah. I used to be able to answer that question the quickest and I don't know anymore huh and that sucks cuz you know at my age you think You know, you already know what you want to be when you grow up. And for all of all of my thirties, I've been searching all my twenties and thirties. You know, for a long time it used to be like I wanna be into sketch comedy. That was in my twenties. And then in my thirties it was like, Okay, I graduated from college, so what do I wanna you know, what do I wanna do? Well, I worked in corporate, I hated it. I went back to the bar industry. Now that with the pandemic that's why I'm taking marketing classes because right, you know, I think the thing I
1: would be great. Here's the thing that's crazy about the bars now, too, is that even when they do reopen, you still have less capacity. You aren't able to make as much money. Before, it was they're, turn yes, and burn, exactly. tips, tips, tips. But now with a smaller yes. clientele, you can raise the prices of the drinks, but they're still going to tip the same. And so the the, the worker, the, the service industry human that – is behind the, they can't make as much money as they could. San Francisco used to be the place where, yes, you can be a bartender and make 75 grand a year. Absolutely. And exactly. now I don't think that's possible because there's just fewer people to get tips from.
2: Thank you. And then on top of that, that's exactly where I'm at with it. Yeah. Where, because we have a shitty economy, we have unemployment at a tight, you know, the, a lot of people, tourism is going to be down because hello, people do come to San Francisco or the Bay area for tourism, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and across the world. That's not going to attract as many people right now because, you know, people are still afraid. I don't blame them. I'm slightly, am. Yeah, don't people have don't have either. the money, right. you know want to take my unemployment changed.
1: money and go traveling? Fuck your face. No, you're going to save it. You're going to pay <laughs> off your bills. You're going to figure out what you need to do with that money to survive, not to be all flimsy crazy with it. Here's the thing though, right now there are, it is it's a great if you're not afraid of the pandemic, it's an amazing time to travel because so many other economies' money are in the shitter right now. Uh the Mexican peso is it's 1 peso is worth five cents which is crazy because it used to be that one peso was like 20 cents so it was maybe like five pesos was a dollar or 20 pesos was five dollars and now 20 pesos is a dollar but the prices are still the same down there so right now in mexico if you've got a passport and you're not afraid of COVID, it's like you're a rich person you have four times the money you used to have
2: yeah there's um i read an article during 14 about um, a, a middle-aged woman from california she was in her 60s uh she had moved to uh mexico right after she retired like in her 50s i believe and how much money she saved uh living down there and what have you you know and then she was talking about you know you know with she's able to get health care and what have you and she was thinking about the fact of you know she would probably have to end up working again um if she was still here in the states you know yeah, and and that's with a lot of people you know even with the pandemic you know there are people who are retired that you know might have to do a part-time job right or what have you you know just to pay we still have no
1: idea what's going to happen because we don't have the economy we did previously. A, the economy is nowhere near where it was. We are, just looking at – even just not even saying the economy as a whole, just San Francisco. How many places have closed? No one has money to buy cool things, clothes, belts, textile. I mean a- anything. Who's got money? I don't, actually, a lot of people, that our next-door neighbor – he was in construction, so he had a job. He said that he saved like over $20,000 in the pandemic just because he used to go to bars and out to dinner and party and stuff. And he, yeah, and that's how much money was being spent. So if you can imagine in this city where people were spending, let's even say as a modest amount, $10,000 a year. And there's, that's gone. That just dropped out completely of of other people's pockets, of my pocket. I used to work in a bar. We used to be a thriving bar city, and now that's gone. So what else? Yeah. How else are people to spend their money? What are they supposed to do? Like, what are we?
2: Well, I think now people, because you know, this pandemic's never ending. You know, we have the vaccine, but people are kind of fearful of like, and especially now we're talking about job security. Like they, these questions finally came up. Finally while we were all locked in our homes or on furlough or unemployed or even still working because there are people who still are have that do have a nice job, they're not feeling so comfortable and confident either because they don't know if their job even, and I'm even talking about in the corporate tech world, you don't know what's gonna happen if the rug's gonna be swept from under you the next day. You know, damn it. Right, you wanna
1: talk about my startup? What startup? I was thinking, yeah yeah. What's, I mean? At least <laughs> no one's like, talking about their stupid startups anymore. I'm like, oh my god, are you are you the, are you are you in San Francisco and in between the ages of 25 and 35? I used to say, fuck your face and your stupid startup. Now I'm like, oh my god, do people have other things to talk about than their stupid fucking startup and how much money they're making in the Groupon and what they're getting and blah 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 blah. I'm like, you people, I mean, are so boring, I get- but they left. They left and they took their
2: money with them. So I. Who's left? But the don't artists. get me wrong. I mean, that is that is an industry that is still thriving out of the rest of the industry, corporate industries that I can think of. But, I mean, there there's also the fact that, you know, people, mm-hmm. companies have been cutting people, you know, because yeah. well, hours to. and what have you. So people now have to penny pitch. And so when you're penny pitching, you're not going to be going out on a Wednesday or Thursday, right? You may not even you may even skip a weekend or two. Sure, like going out to eat will become that luxury, yeah. which it's still, it still it is. It used to be the but, norm, you know, but now it's becoming the yeah, luxury. sure. Like the guy that would sit after work after a heart, the construction guy, for example, I'm sure he would go to the bar after he got off work because he wanted to chillax with a homies, have a couple of pints, right, and and chill probably get pissed and then go room and do the same thing that was his you know even if it was like a two dollar three dollar well, let let's even say or, let's
1: even say it was happy hour so it was a four dollar four dollar bill yeah, five exactly. with a tip so they're spending 15 right. bucks three times a week let's say 50 bucks a week those bars that's 50 bucks a week that's that's a bartender that's not getting you know that's how many drinks is that that's gonna be that's at least ten 10 bucks in tips that's being taken out of someone's pocket. And that's just like a moderate drinker who leaves work and goes and has a beer with his buddies and all of that. Exactly. Think about that. Multiply that by how many people and we're supposed to survive in this city on what? And how are the questionably housed people completely unchanged and not wearing masks? I'm like, What? I don't,
2: I don't Girl, understand. Girl, I just I just noticed too. Here's here's something eerie too. I didn't realize that that Best Buy on Vision is closed down. So guess that what that parking lot's probably gonna turn into? <laughs> someone's back someone's front yard. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna turn into a tent city. Well because <laughs> we I mean we've gotta figure out how to
1: utilize more. the resources we have, and I've been thinking about money and what it means and universal basic income and can we take care of everybody for what work they create. If we did, if we did move to a more Marxist state where labor was equitab- equitably valued because people were actually using their labor to create and make and do something like making buildings or being farmers or just actual labor. Can we give people money? And are there enough goods and services to go around? Can we feed everybody? Can can well, money is made up anyway. So why don't we just make up the money and say, "Hey, everyone gets money," and you know, create have. I I, I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. I know I'm a utopian will,
2: socialist, but I will say this. You know, I think the thrive, and I said this a bit leave last week. To thrive for people to go see like a comedy show such as like some like uh like tonight at Ociento. We only have three tables left. See, there you go. Dinner theater. Uh you know, that I think will still have a niche, you know. I hope so. and I think another way for artists to make money mostly now is just gonna be online, honestly. Which sucks. You know. Because we all know that art is a visceral experience.
1: And whether you're viewing, like viewing a piece of art on the internet sucks. Seeing a piece of art in person, special, important. Looking at ballet on film, crappy. In person, amazing. Comedy on Netflix, eh, it's okay. Comedy in real life, totally different experience. So if we move things to online, we're basically changing the aesthetic structure of art in our society. And I don't agree with it because I don't like things online. And when we move everything to this Zoom, to this communicating through our little dumb phones, which are supposed to be the smartphones, but that don't call. This is the other thing. They can text, they can be a computer, but you can't talk to people anymore. It's this physical literal and figurative distancing of what we're doing and we're doing it between each other and when we move our art to a physically distanced place we completely change what the concept of art is i have a huge problem with this and if we don't have critical thought to look at this and see this problem developing and changing and say something about it and say no we can't make art something that's distanced because then it just becomes Instagram is art like anything else. Then this model showing her butt, which is all fake, and it's you know like mirrors and and filters. And all, we say that we say this is reality. I don't agree with that. I don't think that we should all just be moving along with the times, going well. That's what it is. That's technology. This is something we need to rile against because once art is gone. Humanity is gone. Empathy is gone. Society is gone. Literature is gone. People connecting, gone. And they've just made us automatomatic sheep.
2: I think we're already there. Yeah, we might already <laughs> be there. We might already be there. But but I think there is, like, you know, like, it's a good thing, like, you know, I think it'll be harder to pack, like, large theaters. Say, like, you know, you mentioned the Ballet. Because again, the ballet ain't cheap, and so, or going to the opera, that ain't cheap. So there's gonna be more empty seats and less sold tickets. But if you were to go to, say, like Mutiny, you know, get, get in the show for five bucks and laugh for about three, four hours, you know, you, you are gonna get the, uh, a generation of people that do want that, you know, cutting I hope edge so. or like you know i don't think it's completely dead but i mean i just with everything like you know basically like i said june is when everything opens back in california right. you know so i'm I, i'm just worried about does the state government and the federal government think that okay so uh everything's back to normal so let's just pretend like this didn't happen i'm just hoping that doesn't happen because I have a feeling that there's going to be another wave. Because since well, there's the going to be the another. Vaccines-
1: these are zoological. These are flus that derive from animals and somehow get passed on to humans. It started with the bird flu and then the swine flu, and this COVID-19 is a SARS. It's another form. SARS was one of the original forms of bird flu, and so this is going to continue happening, that we're going to be having mutated viruses that are coming from animal populations and moving to human populations because we're not tracking or taking care of what we're eating, how we're producing food, who we're producing food for, where it's coming from. I mean, we're sitting over here in San Francisco going like, Oh, you know, well, I do spend more money at Whole Foods for my organics. But where are all of these, where do the RBST problems come from that used to be in our beef and in our milk and in these problems? It was that we weren't feeding cows grass. We were feeding them corn. Their bodies are made to digest grass. When you feed them things they can't eat, they get sick. So we were treating them with all of these, Uh, antibiotics, which in turn were causing hormone issues inside the animals, which was affecting their meat and their products and their butter and their cheese and their milk and everything that we make it into, cream and all the things we eat. And that was all being affected because of how we were raising the animals. And that's got to be what's happening now, too, with all of the jumping of the virus moving, is that when you've got a ton of chickens, you know, in China in cages and they're all close together and all these crazy things are happening and you've got children jumping out of iPhone, you know, what are they called, factories. All these crazy things are happening. There's, the regulation isn't there to to keep things safe. I mean, even with us, the regulation isn't there to keep things safe, I don't think. so.
2: Well, it's I, all I, going to get worse. It it's not going. Like
1: Nothing is going to get better from here on out. It can only get worse. As it really, I can't imagine that we suddenly come together as an entire world community and go, look at all these problems that we actually have. Wow, global warming, and and the changes yeah. that we've been making to the environment, and that we've been clear cutting forests in the in the Amazon to make room for more cows, to feed rich American people that want more meat. Instead of teaching us, maybe we should eat less meat. Anyways, it's it's systemic worldwide problems that have all of their roots in capitalism that all come back to us. But we're not gonna say like, well, let's stop all this capitalistic. You know, McDonald's isn't gonna step back and say, well, maybe we should think about where and how we get our beef for this, uh, to keep, how do you make a twenty-five cent McNugget? Like, are chickens totally worthless? A, a nugget that costs twenty-five cents—that's been through—that's an animal product that's been through a machine that's got stuff in it that's put into a mold that's deep fried that's then frozen that's then sent. All of that costs less than twenty-five. You can make a profit on twenty-five cents a nugget. How? Like, where are you cutting corners to be able to do that? Bird flu? I don't
3: those know, maybe I'm hurt. asking the wrong
1: questions. Maybe maybe I'm asking the questions that every, we're just not supposed to ask. Like, oh, the world's falling apart. How, how could that be happening? Oh, well, maybe it's the rampant capitalism that's been destroying our environment since the beginning of the 20th century with the modernization and the throwing all the, you
2: know, fucking shit in the air. I don't know. Capitalism I don't know. brought, brought uh, this country slaves, so it goes further right? back than that. But I, you know, what I'm worried about is, you know, the fact that, you know, everything. It seems like things are getting rushed out. You know, like not the vaccine, but the rush to get hurry up and get big, people back. To normal, when there's nothing normal that we can go back to, no, like there's no, right. there's not enough jobs out there mm-hmm. to go back to right now. There's not enough. There are people now that are more homeless due to the fact of well, they couldn't pay their rent, right? And some of the landlords were doing illegal uh, evictions. And you and know what? I'm not just talking about here, at SF. I'm talking about across the country and that's and about so, to go
1: down I've, right now because people did have a moratorium on their rent and it has been lifted right. and it isn't that they never had to pay their rent for that time it's that now they have to pay back so there are people that right. owe 20 25 30 000 of rent from last year oh there are people that i oh. mean I paid all my oh. rent so because I was afraid of it. I was like, moratorium, people, doesn't mean that you don't have to pay. It just means you don't have to pay right now. So there are people that, all that got into up, debt yeah. that could be foreclosed on. They're set, set up. So they did. We created. We just postponed a bunch of
2: right. homelessness. And so, so now, you know, let's see, like, the average rent here is, well, we're pretty fine here. They had, the laws were really intense here. But let's just say that, you know, in some places, like rent in some parts of the Midwest or the South, I'll say like, okay, your rent's like 850 or 800 And let's see, times that by, what, we'll say not 12 months completely, but let's say you miss five months of rent you got fell behind but you know you had your unemployment check to pay for partial so let's see eight times five that's what 35 so that's yeah, eight times five is, times five is 40 000. eight
1: times five is 40
2: 40 so that yeah so that would be four thousand dollars in back rent right that you would have to pay back Which is a lot of money for a lot of people. Especially, I'm talking about $800 rent and $4,000. Yeah. Like, on on top of, you still have to pay your $800 rent.
1: On top of, you still have to eat. On top of, you still have to pay your insurance. On top of, like, so what are you going to, that's the thing is we've got to let go of something. I mean, the first thing obviously would probably be dentistry. And then people are going to let go of, their, um, insurance for medical, but now you get fined on your taxes. If you don't have your, if you don't have access to, you know, insurance. So you're even losing money there. So what are people supposed to do right now? I I imagine the desperation for people that have families because I'm, a, am just taking care of me and I've been stressed. I mean, and I'm fine. I'm everything is fine for me, but still it's hard. It's not like I'm like, Oh, it's just, I'm just, just tiptoeing between the t- the teardrops. I'm no, I'm I've been working really hard to keep it together. But I just can't conceptualize having a child or um a significant other who'd also lost their job. Like the stress of
2: Oh man. I, I can't Absolutely. imagine
1: having kids. You it, know. I, I applaud anybody right now who's like keeping it together and and people who I mean, I guess it's great that people had to spend time with their kids for the first time in a long time. Like, who are you? Your parents? What? Who? You know, they finally get to know their kids, which is kind of exciting, I guess.
2: Well, the divorce rate just went up again because more people, more breakups and divorces. Uh-huh. Because Too much time spent together. Time. Exactly. So, you know. On it, a, you know, I, on a just, philosophical... On a
1: philosophical note with relationships, I I do think that makes sense because I believe that each relationship is like an hourglass uh, and it has a certain amount of sand in it. And it's like that thing when, <laughs> and I always say to people, oh, you know, no one ever says I wish it would have happened faster. And people are like, yeah, everyone wants it to happen faster. But no, I like things to sort of draw out. It's like um, when you meet somebody and then you hang out with them for three days. You know, like when you're in this, you meet somebody and you're like, ooh. This is exciting. And then you hang out with them for three days. Don't do that. You're wasting all your sands. They're gonna get sick of you so fast. It's like when you act when you move in with someone, it's like don't waste the sand. Keep the sand separate. Keep your time portioned out. Because then they you know they absence makes the heart grow fonder. But literally, if you spend too much time together, you're gonna waste all your sand.
2: Hold on to your sand. I'm friends. Gonna, I'm, I'm gonna wanna uh, punch you in the face with that sand. <laughs> that's what that's gonna really be. Um, yeah, you know, it's just like, I don't know. It's I don't want to get too comfortable though. I'm already vaccinated. Ah. The reason why I don't want to get too comfortable because I just have a feeling that we mm-hmm. might, I don't know why I have this feeling that we might shut down again. Oh my because God. it's going back to the fact that everyone is antsy. And then, okay, so let's talk about it. So things are going to be officially, everything's going to be reopened. We got festivals that are going to be coming back and concerts. And they're not going to be fully at capacity. But does that really mean anything well, if we're going to be gathering? Because trust me, I want to, I honestly would love to go to outside lands. Right. I was just going to mention outside out- lands. But that's outside lands know. are so
1: many people. It's so many fucking people. Yeah. You can't move around from place. Nobody can keep six feet distance. How are you going to police that? How are you going to only let in enough people to a free event so that in a park, so that everyone oh, that stays socially distant? It's impossible. That place is there's so many that. people. I won't even go anymore because there's so many people.
2: Yeah. Well, that ain't outside lands definitely ain't free. <laughs> oh, not outside lands. I mean, but
1: hardly strictly bluegrass. I'm sorry. About, I was talking about hardly yeah, strictly. strictly.
2: Hardly strictly, yeah. But that might be, that'll be coming back too in October, late September. We shall see. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, the thing is, like, I, you know, I miss going to, like, the Stern Grove free concert sure. and all that. Also, and I those are not sounds... socially
1: distanced. I mean, I've been super close to people. Yeah. People pack it in.
2: Exactly. So, I'm just trying to figure out, how is this going to work when Germany, I believe, late last year, tried to do the same thing. Mm. Uh, And then they had to shut down again because they were they Germany, I believe, opened pretty much. And then they were starting to have concerts and shows again to the public. And what happened is they had to shut down the country again due to uh, the virus going up because everything was open again, you know. And so I'm just thinking, like, it, it's going to be, I feel like now we're going to be on an on and off switch. Sure. <laughs> where mm-hmm. it, it's like, hey, we're shutting down. Hey, everything's back open in June. Oh, we got a rise in the numbers. So we're going to be at this capacity. Or <laughs> only certain restaurants will be open. Or, you know, you know, back to square one kind of shit. So I feel like we're going to be having this on and off switch which odd is obvious I really don't mind because it actually helped me pretty long of getting you know my career to where I wanted to be and thinking about things yeah but <coughs> are, my thing is is there's gonna be there's no guarantee basically well, there's no guarantee well that's the other thing
1: there is no guarantee in life there never has been and we've been living under an American myth for a long time that if you go to school and you do this, you get to be an American, you're going to be safe, your life is going to be fine. There is no safety in the world. That is an illusion that we have created for ourselves. The world is dark and scary. The wolves have been after us since we could build huts for safety. Yeah, we've got bigger houses. We've got streets now. It's still incredibly, the world is an incredibly dangerous place, and all of these barriers we put between ourselves and danger do not mitigate the concept that we could get hit by a car, we could get hit by a branch because of the the wind, we could get, you know, taken <laughs> out by COVID, we could get, there's, there's so many things that can kill us. And yeah. it's all, we, we put these barriers between, We some Stray of us believe in God because we're afraid of the concept of death. I get it. I'm scared of death, too. But there's nothing we can do about it. It's inevitably going to happen. So then it's like, how do we position ourselves? I mean, I think all the Republicans think that they're safe. (laughs) (laughs) They've got enough Uh. money. They're like, money shields me from death. (laughs) No, no, no. Because is that what we're doing? Is that the entire purpose of what's happening with all the shutdown is to save people from death because we're so afraid of death? This is like the new religion. Maybe. Because everyone used to be like, "No, the Satan is going to take over you. You must believe in God or you will have eternal damnation. It'll be scary. And now it's like, you better get a vaccine. Otherwise, you're going to die from this crazy thing. There's all kinds of things that can kill us all the time. Weather. It was just freakishly cold in the middle of the United States. You know? uh, Tsunamis. There's all kinds of things that can just murder us out of nowhere. Safety's an illusion. Well,
2: I mean... <laughs> there should be a
1: punk band. Safety is an illusion. We'll make it a song.
2: Safety is an illusion. Everything you know I is mean, not real. I believe, I, be- I actually you are to under disagree delusions. with the fact that safety is an, is an illusion. For a hippo, if you didn't wear a mask and you're anti mask and you still didn't believe that this was real, well, that's your dumb ass fault yeah, if that's, you died from it. That's stupid. Because you didn't even try to practice try. safety. That's like that's like when those little asshole kids be running in the pool and you're like, stop running out the pool, you're gonna slip in and you're gonna drown in her Right. And then you're gonna crack your the, teeth on the They spit. don't listen. Yeah. And when they don't listen, they slip, bump their head, the ass fall in the pool, mm-hmm. and you gotta save their ass. It's like I try to tell you safety first, you asshole. Right. But there are times like for example, I rode my bike. That's something I've been doing more is riding my bike. Good. but I rode my bike and I thought about that. Uh, I rode it uh, at that McDonald's right by the BART, right. and I just thought right. when I was with the two by people getting McDonald's, shot. Yeah, and I was just like, "Holy shit, dude! He's right here. I'm I'm never going in, up in that McDonald's." Well, it's it I was mean, it was in but, the
1: crosswalk in front, and that's the crazy thing. I'm in that crosswalk mm-hmm. at least six times a week. Because I get off at 24th and I walk to Grossout Out on 23rd and Van Ness. Shout out to Grocery Outlet. I fucking love you, Eric. He, the guy who owns it, Schlesinger or something like that. He's, his wine picks are genius. Uh, but I, I walk, concur with that. I walk there all the time. And, and that, it scares me. And that makes me think all the time, too, about safety being an illusion and how much we shield ourselves from the concept of death. But it's but what Duz, cesar chavez is said not they part. asked they asked cesar chavez and when he was coming to the united states in the 70s late 70s they said you know are you afraid for your life not cesar chavez fidel castro i'm sorry they said fidel castro are you afraid for your life come into new york and he said well no we're all going to die we just don't know what time when my time comes it comes whether it's it could be this weekend, it could be in twenty years. I don't know. There's no point in fearing death because none of us know when it's going to happen, but we do know it will. So don't be scared. And it, so if Fidel says it, I say it. It's although I'm not going to take he although he still wore a bulletproof vest, you know, and he still had an entourage of people to protect him. Which yes. is the point about the mask. Yes. yes, safety's an illusion but we can also <laughs> mitigate ourselves from those dangers. You know, I don't, right. I, I look before crossing the street. You can be like, well, death can come for me anytime and just walk out into the street. That's stupid. It's the same thing with not no, wearing a mask. Uh, be stu- If you wanna be stupid, be stupid. So you can mitigate by looking and paying attention and seeing uh, things around you, you know? Like I, if, if I'm walking down the street and nobody's there, I don't wear my mask. When anybody's coming toward me, I put it up. That's what you do. These are the these are the new rules, folks.
2: Yeah, you know, it you know, it's just like there's certain things that you can't run away from, like, you know, safety with guns. That's not right. in our hands, unfortunately. That's something the federal government should have taken care of a long time ago. You know, hence getting shot, you know you cross in the street and then a stray bullet goes your way. Like, things are, like, that are scary, you know. And that's why I'm worried about the summer, too. (laughs) Yeah. Because when it gets hot, people get irritable, irritated, and I just have a feeling, you know, I I am going to be going to Chicago uh, for my birthday this summer, because my mom's planning my birthday like I'm some kind of child, but I I appreciate it. Uh, but I'm just worried about like shit popping off whenever I'm there in Chicago, you know, 'cause people are out of work, yeah. people ain't got no money, people got a lot of time. And idle hands
1: do the devil's work. Yep. Yeah, don't you keep know, them idle. Everybody yeah. do some art, do something.
2: Do something with them Fake. hands. Play with yourself. I do know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Color something. That's fine. <laughs> Play with yourself, color. I don't know. Yeah. Just do something with it. <laughs> don't hate.
1: Masturbate.
2: That needs to be a shirt. Sure. I that know needs so to much. Be a shirt
1: so much so many haters. Uh and whatevs. It's fine. People <laughs> No, I mean what I mean, I'm just going for maximum happiness at this point. I just uh Oh I'm I'm just glad you're
2: busy. You know, yeah, I'm busy. Problem, I'm so baby.
1: fucking busy. I have so many shows. And um, and it's great. I mean, I'm producing a bunch of shows. I get to be on other people's shows too. There's a show I'm doing this Saturday, the 10th at night. But Mike Bonds hasn't made up the flyer yet or anything. I was like, dude, people are asking me about the show this weekend. Where's the event Right? And he's like, oh, blah blah, 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 So I'm sitting there going, come on, man. Is I don't even know what the, the venue season? is. It's a venue at somewhere on 19th and Valencia and outdoors or something. And I'm like, Dude, you're the producer. Produce. <laughs> so I'm, I am have two shows this Saturday, which is exciting.
2: Um, oh, shit. I might be able to go to that.
1: Yeah. Well, so Saturday at 2 o'clock is my Atlas Cafe show that I book. It's an afternoon show at Atlas. It's outdoor. And then the one on Saturday night at, I think, 8 o'clock is outdoor somewhere on 19th of Valencia. I don't know the name of the venue. I don't know what's going on. He hasn't made the event yet. I I hounded him last night about it because somebody was like, oh, I want to know what's going on this weekend, Pam. And I was like, I can tell you about the show I'm producing. but," um, And I said, hey, have you made the event Eventbrite yet? And he's like, oh, I'm working on that right now. And I'm like, okay, so where is it? It takes like two minutes to make Today's an event It's like, come on, man. I'm not going to complain about Today's other producers. Wednesday, brother. I know. I'm not going to complain about other producers, but I will say there's a bunch of shows going on in San Francisco right now that I haven't been booked on. And I'm curious about not that anyone needs to throw me a bone because I'm booking I've got five weekly shows so I'm fine I'm fine over here in stage time land but it is fun when when other people recognize that you're murdering it and decide to put you on their shows as well because right now like I don't want to I mean I'm going to toot my own horn I'm doing really well with comedy I'm incredibly comfortable I accidentally did 27 minutes last last Friday Like, I I was like, oh, I'm going to headline my own show, and I'll start at, like, 7.30. I let the guy go before me a couple minutes, so I started at, like, 7.33, and all of a sudden, I look down at my clock, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's 8.01. I'm so sorry, you guys. I did not mean to do 27 minutes Um, because it's just – it's coming so naturally to me now because I've had so much stage time in this past year of shutdown where a lot of people haven't, and – I feel badass about my skills right now. So that means I'm like, I wanna share them. I wanna share them with everybody. Everybody book me, I promise I'm really good right now. So, and I don't mean mean to make it like that, but I think it's important, and especially coming off what Hal Sparks said, it's important to have an ego. It's important to say, these are the things I've accomplished and they have value. And I in turn have value and worth because of the work I've put in, because of the experiential work. I mean, I think a lot of things is talent, but a lot of it is just discipline. And when you've had discipline over time, it just equals success. There's no—there's really no way to get around that, that if you do the same thing all the time for a long period of time, the only way to not get better is to be so delusional that you have no concept of your talent whatsoever. So... I'm
2: balancing you're, no, things definitely now. definitely right like, about the discipline. Oh. Yeah, it's the discipline. You're definitely right about the discipline. Yeah. That is something that, you know, I didn't have too much of in my 20s and I think if I would have been a little bit more disciplined and not so always so worried about getting to the party or schmoozing with people, I think I would have been at, at a different place in life if I was a little bit more disciplined instead of about having too much fun but
1: getting to the party and being and networking and that is also is one of the things i lack i need discipline in those areas because i get i don't network well i don't do the political scene well there's lots of bridges that i've burned with napalm and those are choices that i make for my own maximum happiness but that's a discipline where I could I could pick up the slack in using, creating relationships and then using those relationships to forward what I'm doing. That's politics. Politics is using relationships to forward your own <laughs> brand or idea or whatever you're putting out. And so that's where I oftentimes have dropped the ball is that I don't, play the political games with people. I'm like, hey, I'm disciplined and I work hard. If you don't like that, fuck your face. And people don't like it when you tell them that. And when you go like, yeah, 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 fuck you. They're like, what, what, what? But, what? And I'm like, no, I'm doing my own thing. I'm cool, I don't need you. And then later I go like, I maybe shouldn't have, I maybe should have should have bent a little bit. But the thing is, I don't want to feel like I'm ever kissing anyone's ass because I don't feel like anyone ever kisses my ass. So I'm not going to go around being like, oh, my God, your efforts and what you're doing are so incredible. I'm not going to say that in hopes that they turn around and say the same thing back to me. Fuck it. But if someone actually deserves a compliment, I will give it to them. I don't champion mediocrity, but I will give compliments where compliments are due if I see something that I think warrants that. And maybe that's my own hubris, being like I'm the arbiter of aestheticism in San Francisco. But whatevs, I'm fucking pretentious as fuck, and I'll admit it.
2: <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate that honesty.
1: It's two forty-four. What time's
2: your class? Oh, oh shit! i do. I got like five minutes. Okay, good. <coughs> Uh, what's your uh, how's your how's your
1: class going? Did you uh, what what is um, this that you're well, taking?
2: In? I'm taking a marketing course. Marketing. And, uh, oh I didn't God. realize I forgot to do one of my regular assignments. Like every week, you know, we're supposed to read a chapter and do a summary kind of thing. Uh oh. And I forgot. to
4: do- Go I do it now. I was too
2: busy focusing. Well, no, it's too late. I noticed I forgot about it, and she's like. Did you not do a summary for this week? And I'm like, oh no. What it was, I was too busy focused on writing my midterm for that same class. I was ignoring everything else. And my focus was on this paper rather than like the other bullshit I usually do in class. So I was just like, oh, I had a bad student moment. I'm like, I just missed out on 50 points, 15 points. You're an idiot. 15, not 50.
1: I still have dreams. I still have dreams that I'm – and it's silly because I haven't been in undergrad since 96, and I graduated in 1996 with my undergraduate degree. But in (coughs) my dreams, oftentimes I'll have – I've got like two classes left to get my degree, and I don't know what they are, and they're on some schedule, and I'm trying to figure out – because when I look at things in a dream, I can't really see anything. So I'm looking at the calendar, and I'm trying to figure out what week it is and what time <laughs> it is, and did I miss this class, and what's going on, and how many weeks are we into the semester, and have I already had to drop it? And and this is all just anxiety about stuff that doesn't exist. Because I haven't been like – I'm not enrolled in school. I haven't been in school. It's just – it's weird that my brain and my subconscious – when I
2: feel
4: I have anxiety goes to, too.
2: yeah, it goes to a school place. Yeah, I I too have that recurring dream, but mine is with senior year in high school. Oh wow, where, you go far back, girl. Yeah, where I'm like, I feel like I'm credit short for graduation, mm-hmm. and which didn't happen. So I don't know where what my sub- subconscious is trying to say, but. It's like I'm like credit short from graduation. I graduate like in a month. And so I'm trying to figure out how to get these last credits so I can graduate. And the really up part is I'm at the age that I am right now in the present, present, but I'm a senior in high school. Wow. And so I'm like, I can't, fail. May, ooh, wait a minute. I think I'm answering my own question. <laughs> I think when my I think my subconscious trying to tell me something about failure and procrastination.
1: Oh. We're learning together. I so I had a dream down. the other night that um, there's a comedian on the scene, <sighs> his name is Kyle Morrissey. I had a dream that Kyle Morrissey burned down my apartment building and killed my cat. And I was screaming at him in the dream. You murdered my two best friends. You murdered my two best friends. And I looked out, and I could see, like, the imprint of my apartment building and that it didn't exist anymore. You know, like, I just saw the ground. And he'd actually burned down this entire block. So there were all these burned buildings. But I was really upset. And it's just so funny because I don't know where that dream came from. It must have something to do with the concept that he books a new show on Thursdays with Jack Ferguson, and they haven't booked me yet. And so I'm like – You're burning down my house, bro. But I was really upset in the dream. Like, I woke up and it was so real to me that I had to go find (laughs) my cats and, like, hug them and love on them. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) It was a nightmare. It was a super nightmare. I mean, I was screaming in the dream, screaming at it. You killed my two best friends.
2: It was too real. It was way too too real. real.
1: I hate those dreams. I had another dream recently like that where I'd hidden a body under the stairs. And when I woke up, I was like, thank God I don't have any stairs in my house. There's nowhere. I didn't hide. <laughs> I didn't kill anybody. I didn't hide any bodies. And I, I have a dream about hiding bodies a lot, but it's never in the dream do I actually murder the person. Like, I don't shoot them or kill them or beat them up. It's that suddenly I have a body on my hands and I have to dispose of it and I don't know how. So I hide it which makes no sense cuz it would start <laughs> to smell immediately.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so I know funny. we're all going to be so okay. Conscious, and, those dreams.
1: and then the rest of the dream becomes me trying to hide it from other people while I'm in the house and wondering if they can smell it and being worried about them going into different places in the house. And that's what the dream becomes, which is terrible. Yeah. We're all be okay. okay. Last words yeah, before uh, your wonderful school
2: time? Um, get vaccinated if you can. Yes. Keep getting tested if you can't get vaccinated. And wear a condom.
1: Yes, and wear condoms. Oh my God, everybody hates condoms.
2: Especially if you're a white man. We don't need any more of you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Amen, says Dark. <Star. laughs> Well, thank you Latoya the Sheriff of Truth it's <laughs> always a pleasure good luck with your class today
2: thank you and thank and you I'm going to keep might eye out because I might, might want to call them on Saturday yeah Saturday 2 o'clock
1: two. or Saturday at 8 o'clock alright yeah. you're the best yay Latoya the Sheriff of Truth do 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 all right, I am going to play now for us group me too. Um, my set my 27 m- minute set from last week so that I can see how I see how I did actually listen to it cuz it felt good, you know, and when it feels good and
5: then you go, oh, well it felt good. Let's see. Okay. Happy opening day. You guys don't care about baseball. <laughs> I like baseball. I'll do a <laughs> baseball joke later. No, I won't do any jokes. Uh, Josh about Harald that? I'm going to talk to these dogs. You know, so dogs ah, Hi-
6: Hi- Henry. Okay. Um. Cool. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, Thank you, everyone.
4: Oh, my God. Henry killing it up here. Get it, Henry. Get those applause. Get those laughs. Ah. Uh. What a breath of fresh air. Okay, um, all right, I promise a joke for the ladies. I'm gonna tell it real quick. And I'm from the South, so. All right, ladies, how many of y'all in relationships? All right, this lady here, this lady here, all right. Okay, ladies, if you ever get home from work and your man is like too lame to give you a massage, here's what you do. Choke him from the sides of the neck. (laughs) Okay, um, because you don't want to crush his windpipe because then he can't consent to you continuing to <laughs> choke him, and consent is important. Let's make that clear and so see if you if you get him from the sides of the neck, you cut off the blood fro- blood flow to the brain, which brings him into the now. you know it really does if you do it right practice a little bit find the right spot okay that was my joke for the ladies um let me see who's up next all right we got is josh here josh hello all right i love this pink bandana let's hear it if you don't want to raw dog it on this mic there's other mics over here but i am vaccinated And the best introduction I've ever had in all the
5: years of done comedy. I love when people say, "Is this mother? <laughs> Is this guy here?" All right, get on up here. Uh, and then I did. Uh, I am. I am. Uh, yeah. Hello, I'm Josh. I'm your neighbor if you live uh, around here. Uh, I live right there. Um, so you know, yeah, you guys live in the neighborhood you guys you live in the neighborhood so i am not a comedian but i am legally obligated to tell you that i am a registered sex offender okay bye i wanted to i really wanted to just do that in my head i'm like i'm gonna go there i'm just gonna do that i'm gonna go walk straight into my house i'm gonna go in and they're gonna be like what is that for real um, but i am a sex offender no i'm not no. uh yeah I, I live around here so uh give it up for yourselves for supporting small businesses uh during the end of a pandemic it's a very wonderful thing that you're doing it really is um and especially with this place uh it's small business i don't know uh, <laughs> we're not quite sure they haven't figured it out either but you're doing a nice thing throw a couple bucks in there and then you did your civic duty and you can go home and you know do your QAnon stuff or whatever? I don't know what you guys do. I imagine <laughs> everyone pretends to be, um, you know, so progressive, and then you don't know what they do. You know, you know, like statistically speaking, someone here voted for Trump. Show yourselves, cowards! You're all cowards. Oh, you? You're too adorable. They're so adorable, man. I get the appeal. The statutory appeal. I get it. I mean, it's not for me, but, you know, I respect people. That's why I moved here. I love this place. Um, I did just, uh, I got, I'm fully vaccinated now. So I guess I can take this off. Who cares? I'm going to live forever. (laughs) Never going to (laughs) die. My cell phone works so much better now. With that 5G coursing through my veins, I can feel it. I just think about Uber Eats and my phone is already ordering it. Fantastic. Bill Gates, oh, who wouldn't want that? I wish that conspiracy was real. Are you kidding me? Sign me up. I'd be waiting in line like opening day. Happy opening day. You guys don't care about baseball. I like baseball. I'll do a baseball joke later. I won't do any jokes, how about that? I'm going to talk to these dogs, those dogs, those adorable dogs. I can't really embarrass myself because I really do live here, and the people, I live so close that the people that live here can hear me cry when I have sex. So you guys probably have heard me before if you live here. Hi, it's me. (laughs) I'm happy now, but I'm going to be very sad later. Um. I I literally just woke up from a nap and came over here. (laughs) It's very nice that I can just wander over here and do this. I'll tell some jokes. I like jokes. Jokes are fun. Um, I'm originally uh, from Detroit, Detroit, Michigan. You guys ever been to Detroit? Uh, Detroit. Uh, And if you don't know anything about Detroit, I'll tell you, uh, it's a great place to get stabbed, so I don't live there anymore. I moved. I decided it was time to go, so I packed up my things and I moved to beautiful The Tenderloin, where the streets are paved of gold. The beautiful Tenderloin. It's like I never left Detroit. It's the same, but there's more meth for some reason. I don't know why. Even meth doesn't like Detroit. Did you guys know that? It's a terrible place. Don't go to Detroit. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I just recently moved uh, uh, right down there, right across the street from that liquor store go talk to Tito and Mo. Uh, they're great. I love them. They sell me my whatever I need. It's always weird. Uh, they don't sell relish over there. I'm very mad at Tito, if you he can hear me. Buy some relish. <laughs> I just want some re- I wanted some relish today, and they didn't have any relish. Uh, So, yeah, now I live here, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, don't worry, I live in rent control. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I am privileged, Uh, and I know it. Uh, I live in a valley of rent control. But the thing that I love about San Francisco is that we have hills. I love the hills of San Francisco. It's the best thing in the world. Because what do we do best here in San Francisco is look down on other people. We have the physical geography to physically look down at other people, and we do it. Oh, and we are great at it. I love it. I love this city, best city in the world, San Francisco. I'm looking down at all of you right now, and I'm telling you about it, and you're laughing. This is oh, pure energy for me. I'm gonna eat this up. It's gonna. I'm gonna cry about this later. I cannot wait. And, um, and that's the goal, uh, to eventually live on top of one of the hills. Like I said, I live in the valley of the rent control. But one day, ooh, one day, I will live on top of one of the hills, the knob hills, the telegraph hills, the gentrified get-out-of-here-colored-person hill. Um, that's what they are, right? But one day, I'll live on top of one of the hills, and I will only order Postmates from people that can't afford to live remotely close to the city. Not even close. Just going to fire up that app, that 5G. I don't even think about it. Wow, I just <laughs> thought of that. Thanks. Bill Gates is writing jokes for me right now. This vaccine is really working. What a great vaccine. Just going to only order Postmates from, um, you know, just fire up that El Taqueria. Oh, yes, bring me my El Taqueria. Daddy needs his burrito. And um, also, get the hell out of here. Where are you from, San Mateo? Get out of here. This is my hill. Mine. Main, main, main. Stupid jokes. Has anyone not been vaccinated? Well, these fucking losers. <laughs> you haven't figured out how to lie on the internet yet? <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? I'm sure your dating profile <laughs> is very accurate. <laughs> Just click a box. Come on, it's not that hard. There is they added and because I, I, I am eligible. There's a d- drop-down box that says p- the people need to hear this guy talk about his dick for ten minutes. So <laughs> we better get a shot in this guy's arm because going can do it anyway. Um, now I am I am a essentially idiot. I'm a stupid. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm making all of this up. It's not bad, right? It's not that bad. <laughs> not that. Bad. <laughs> so I'm going to do twenty minutes on my uh, on my dick and get out of here. I live here. It's a bad idea. You guys live here? You seem confused about where you live. (laughs) I don't know where I live. Are you homeless? It's okay. (laughs) All right. You live with your parents, don't you? All right. I'm going to leave you alone. And now I'm going to go to you. What's your deal? (laughs) First date? Last date? Now, you guys are cute, and thanks for coming and supporting us. This is very nice of you. Uh, uh, jokes. Yeah, d- uh, so um, I am uh, I am single. Daddy is single. Mm-hmm. And uh, Daddy is single uh, because Daddy calls himself Daddy. <laughs> Women don't like that. No, no, they're not fans of that. <laughs> but Daddy don't care. <laughs> Ooh. Daddy's Lonely just get out of a relationship during a pandemic that's a fantastic time to get out of a relationship and uh, I thought things are going pretty well uh, first of all I don't call people uh, I am a cis straight uh, man you gotta you am to tell why is that funny <laughs> was it because you knew or because you were finding out and you're surprised <laughs> could have been either I have no idea I don't know myself what was this joke? <laughs> how long am I doing? One minute? All right. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to tell my stupid baseball joke and get out of here because I love baseball. And uh, yesterday was opening day, and um, there's uh, this is such a bad joke. This is how you end sets right here. Watch this. This is how it's done. <laughs> this is how it's done. I love baseball. Uh, there's an old saying um, in baseball. It goes... Uh, chicks dig the long ball. Uh, It means, you know, people like to watch home runs. So like, you know, it it turns women on. Chicks dig the long ball. Uh, There's another saying that goes, uh, that women say to me a lot. It says, uh, chicks do not dig my long balls. They're too long. (laughs) All right. What a great way to end that stupid set. Thank you very much. (laughs) My name's
4: Josh. (laughs) Holy crap. Let's get that COVID elbow in there. Josh, you're hilarious, dude. I just met you today, but I'm a fan already. What's your OnlyFans or your Instagram or your whatever? Okay, he's a local. This is hyper-local comedy, you guys. He lives, like, a block away. Screaming distance. Okay, we you guys uh, hang in there. We got two more comedians. Uh, I just saw Jack Ferguson last night at Pride of the Mediterranean. It is on... He's going to correct me if I'm wrong, because I had a couple of beers since I did my opening set. Um, Jack Ferguson is uh, organizing a show. Th- it's a Thursday nights at Pride of the Mediterranean, 8 o'clock. It's on the Fillmore and the in the bougie part of the Fillmore. Um, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Jack Ferguson. <laughs>
6: hey, how you doing, ladies and gentlemen? Good? <laughs> good. You guys are a good crowd. Uh I'm going through a breakup right now. Yeah, just start start with that, right? <laughs> it's on the top of my mind. Going through a breakup. Uh we're breaking up because her family doesn't like me. She's um she's Indian and her family wanted her to date someone that wasn't like, you know, an alcoholic and oh. <laughs> it's like Irish people do face racism. Uh <laughs> Not fair. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going through a breakup. It's uh, it's t- it was tough. You know, it's tough 'cause she, I like, I do miss her a little bit. She was really good in bed, um, or you know, that's what my friends told me. And, s- oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a two-year-old joke. It doesn't hurt anymore. Um. <laughs> It wasn't going well at the end, it wasn't going well, and uh, she, we were like, we went on a date night, and we got home, and it was sort of getting hot and heavy, and she looked at me, this is going to be a hard joke to do without saying the F word, but we're going to try. She said, uh, I want you to bang me <laughs> like like you hate me. And I was like, you mean the way I've been doing for the last two months, or? <laughs> And the other thing is, it's like, that doesn't, that's not going to change the way that I have, se- like, I'm not good enough at sex to communicate my emotions through the way, this bike only has one speed, you know what I mean? That's, sounds like, you. S- sounds like you're thinking of someone who's much better at sex than me. Um, do a hard transition. Any of you guys Christian here? Any, f- oh, okay, a little bit of a nervous, it is San Francisco, it's almost like you'd get singled out for not being an atheist, you know what I mean? I think atheism is kind of a ridiculous thing, you know? Like, atheists just think that Jesus made the whole thing up. You know? Like, he was just a guy who lied about who his dad was and then got in way above his head. (laughs) Like, can you imagine if Jesus was just a regular guy and he did all of that stuff just for fun? (laughs) Like, he got crucified, you know? If he knew he was lying, there's no way that he would have been like, yeah, go ahead, put me up there. I don't know. Christians are like, it's a new joke. Christians are like, <laughs> Christians are like, oh, God loves me, Jesus loves me, you know. And that's not really the way other religions, like, you guys do not know anything about the Greek gods? Christians are like, oh, Jesus loved me. Like, people who believe in the Greek gods are like, oh, you know, Zeus says he loves me, but I think he's just trying to get in my pants, you know. Okay, so that's relevant. And people, people know about, like, the Minotaur and stuff. No, if, if you don't, it's not for you. Um, <laughs> do you know what Hindus believe? They believe in reincarnation. They believe that um, that if you are bad enough in life, you can get reincarnated as an animal, which means that somewhere out there, there may be a dolphin with Hitler's soul. <laughs> Just swimming around with a bunch of pent-up anger <laughs> he doesn't know what to do with. I don't know. <laughs> We're working on new stuff. um. (laughs) There's a the (laughs) going right on down the line uh, is (laughs) the Islam. (laughs) Let's get controversial. Um, You get 72 virgins if you die a martyr, right, in the religion of Islam. Which it's like you get 72 virgins. Is that it? You know, like no no food or anything. You know, because pretty if it's just 72 virgins, you're gonna have 72 hungry virgins on your hand pretty soon. You know, you're gonna have to eat one of those virgins, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure after the virgins, you know, the other 71 see that they are not gonna want to <laughs> fuck you. And I, that was my one. That was my one. All right, we could we'll talk about something else. Um, you guys, fans? Uh, f- you guys, sports fans? Yeah, you. I like sports. My favorite thing in sports is when one of the coaches will get really mad at the refs for making a bad call and just yell at them. Because the refs never change the call. They're like, you got it. That was not a foul or whatever. Just one time I want to see the ref be like, hey, listen, man. All right. I'll take it back. Like, not a, it wasn't a foul. Okay. Jesus, you guys win. Just chill out, man. You know? Cool. Um, <laughs> that was a whole joke. Uh, we're just going down the list. Do you guys have you guys read Harry Potter? No. Gonna do the joke. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I read Harry Potter during the quarantine. The quarantine. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fancy way of saying it. Um, it's like how Howard Hughes would say the quarantine. Uh, <laughs> I read Harry Potter and uh, the like. I always thought growing up I was a Gryffindor, you know. Like do you guys know what do you guys know what like house you would fit it get sorted it? Do you guys know what house you get sorted into? No? Which one? <laughs> yeah, okay, Ravenclaw. <laughs> San Francisco's just kind of Ravenclaw, isn't it? You know? Yeah. San Jose is Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> I would be I would be I thought I was a Gryffindor, I would be a Hufflepuff, you know? I realize that about myself. I'm a twenty five year old aspiring stand up comedian performing on the sidewalk. That's a Hufflepuff, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I was ha- I was happy about it, you know, because I, th- I came to this conclusion. I think Hufflepuff must have been that the house that had the best parties, you know, like if you're a smart kid and you want to go to like, you know, do well in school, you go to Stanford, right? That's Ravenclaw. If you're like, if you want to party, you go to Chico State. That's Hufflepuff, you know, <laughs> like the, who's the head of the Gryffindor house was, uh, Professor McGonagall, right? Who's just the biggest hardo of all time? The head of the Hufflepuff house was Pomona Sprout, professor of herbology. <laughs> There's no way that was a mistake, you know? Harry was a loser too. Gryffindors are just cops, really, if you think about it. Like <laughs> they, they ju- they all wanted to be prefects. That was just a hall monitor, you know? They never did drugs. We followed Harry from age 11 to age 18. He never did drugs. What a loser! <laughs> like. He's a wizard, and they have—they don't do like they don't do drugs in wizard culture. They definitely have drugs. There was one drug he did. It was the Polyjuice Potion. I don't know if you, this is a really specific reference, so we're going down the rabbit hole now. But it was a potion that could change you into whatever form you want. Harry and Ron both took it, and they used it to transform into Malfoy's two fat friends. That's all they did. If you leave two Hufflepuffs alone with a potion that could transform you into any form, you—two 15-year-old boys. And that's what they chose? If you leave two Hufflepuffs alone with the Polyjuice potion and come back in an hour, you're going to see Danny DeVito having sex with Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the most logical thing you could do in that situation, you know? I don't know. Cool. <laughs> well, you guys are going to love this one. Um, anybody here, uh, anybody here a gun owner? Just identify yourself. You have to. <laughs> you have to it's like I- if you ask someone a cop they have to tell you whether or not they're a cop <laughs> that's actually not true though by the way I had a friend who was like um, <laughs> I had a friend who basically got arrested because of that but this is a different story nobody here owns a gun no okay I don't either I'm just checking you know um, I think gun I think guns it's like it's an interesting subject right now a lot of people who own guns are like, oh, guns make it the world safer, you know? Like, they always point to this example in Texas of this guy who stopped a terrorist attack because a terrorist came into a church, tried to shoot it up, and then this guy, in 2.6 seconds, in 2.6 seconds, this guy shot the terrorist from across the room from 100 feet away. And that guy's a hero, right? He stopped a mass shooting. He was also way too ready, you know? Like, 2.6 seconds? I didn't realize John Wick was working volunteer security at a church in the middle of Texas, you know? And yeah, you stopped a mass shooting, but you also became the number one suspect for the next mass shooting, right? Because if that guy snaps and loses it, no one's going to be like, oh, what were the signs? Mm, I don't know. How about the time he domed someone in the house of God <laughs> without even blinking, you know? Maybe look into that guy. I don't know. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm Jack. Thank you.
4: Oh my god, my brain hurts. This dude is smart. Okay. Um Josh Conn is coming around with a bucket for you to stuff all your Benjamins into. I mean Venmo Okay, if you're gonna Venmo Mutiny Radio, it should you look for the Burton and the Ernie because apparently there's a copycat Venmo. But anyway. Uh, the next the our final comedian unless other comedians want to go on after her and I w- I don't recommend it. She's hilarious. The <laughs> proprietress of Mutiny Radio and Christina Bonnet. I love you by the way. And you're gonna do my podcast on a Thursday. We're gonna talk about it. All right, if you're cold, come inside. Uh the parties in the back, just like my mullet <laughs> and everything else about me. Uh, let's put your hands together for Ms. Pam Benjamin. Yay. Yay. Yay.
7: Isn't that tired? Uh, yeah, right.
1: <laughs> yes, I am I am dressed like I went on a job interview. <laughs> 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 That's what I dress like today, yeah. Uh, but if I take if I take off the jacket, I look like I want to have sex with the CEO. Is that is that is that? And then if I and then and then if I you know because you have to have you have to have multiple looks right. So then if you like take off the skirt, oh oh oh. Yeah. Oh, then you're ready for comedy! Oh, why? I did the big reveal for (laughs) y'all. That's right. It's very exciting. A lot of things to talk about. One, I'm not wearing nylons, which is weird, because I I don't shave. No, I mean, some people are like, oh, you're a real feminist, huh? You don't shave? I'm I'm lazy. I'm incredibly... (laughs) lazy also if i actually shaved i'd have to like get a snake to get all the hair out of my drain it is i am it is like i have there's a i have so much pubic hair it looks like i have a kitten in a headlock (laughs) like it's it's a lot (laughs) you guys there's a lot there but razors, like this is a thing. Do you know Gillette was started in 1904? The company was started in 1904. And they were like, all right, we're gonna sell razors to men for their beards so they'll feel like they have to shave to make money or something. Remember when like people had beards and it was awesome and they're like, no, you're poor if you have a beard and <laughs> you're gonna shave your beard, brah. <laughs> but in 1904, I couldn't flash a hairy ankle. <laughs> right? without being a disgusting slut. (laughs) And now if I don't shave from my big toe to my twat, like a four-year-old girl, (laughs) I'm a disgusting slut (laughs) that, that no one wants to sleep with. Gross, she's got hair all over her, ah! Gillette, the best a man can get. I'll never be good enough, yay! I have so much pubic hair, it's like I'm wearing a hair skirt. (laughs) It's like you can't see anything. I'm not worried about being naked. You can't see anything. (laughs) Gillette, the best a man can get. I was born in the 70s, and it is like the deep 70s Vietnam bush. Like you can't find, (laughs) like... My clit's so big I can use a Cheerio as a cock ring, but you can't find it. You can't find it. Gillette, the best a man can get. Nobody get hurt here with the cars and the exciting stuff good have you heard about have you heard about the new Gillette razor there's a new Gillette razor 17 blades 17 blades for the closest shave and the 13th blade is easily removable so you can slit your throat in the shower because you'll never be good enough Gillette the best I'll never be good enough shaving feminism cool just don't want to do it cool how are you doing i'm doing good too yeah we, do you want to be a comedian you should come oh my gosh you used to be a comedian what no way 41 is he single is he good looking like bring it by You're, this is impossible. You look, you don't look a day over 36. Well, you have. Yeah, not like me, you're not drinking or smoking out on the street like a crazy person like me. No, I'm like, wait. I smoke so much weed. Do you smoke? Have you ever? Have you ever? Have you ever smoked so much weed that you forget how your own shower works? Does that happen to anybody else? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's legal, I'm I'm so old, I need to use reading glasses to pack my bong, like that's, that's how old I am, yeah, sweet, that was great, she was amazing, the, the Toyota Prius, coming by, good stuff, she was coming, come back, come back and do, jo- I'm like, where'd you just do comedy, come back, yeah. That's good. Feminism. Oh, you know what we're supposed to talk about today? Jesus. Yay. It's Good Friday. Jesus died for our sins. And stuff. Does anyone have any favorite Bible verses? Anyone? Favorite Bible verses? Yeah. Short. Nice. To the point. Jesus wept. That's a good one. Uh, I enjoy very much Look at the birds of the sky. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father takes care of them. Are ye not better than birds? And I used to really like that, but then I started thinking, like, birds are better than us. Like, they don't sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet they live, they build their own houses, they feed themselves, they can fly. Are they not better than us? What is the hubris of Christianity that's looking down on everybody? You're just ugh, better than you. You're not birds. <laughs> my favorite Bible verse is actually Leviticus 20:22, which is if you sleep with your father-in-law, you should both be stoned. <laughs> I love to be stoned. I love it. Also, my ex-father-in-law looks a lot like Barack Obama. <laughs> Yeah, he's a sexy man. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh. I miss Barack a lot. Does everyone miss Barack terribly? I know. And everybody blamed him for, like, global warming and their smelly dick and, like, <laughs> porcupines. But you can't blame him for being sexy. Yeah. Oh, I miss Barack. Uh, so I really was—I uh, was a cheerleader for God. No, I, I really I really was a cheerleader f- for Christ and I'll 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 do a little thing for you. I need I need a little help. We all get twelve bandages in heaven. Yay! The only thing that sucked about being a Christian cheerleader is that the skirts were really long, which were not sexy, and that my butt always hurt from protecting my virginity, which was not sexy. Did anybody ever Bible delve? N- none of you were Christians. Was there any Christians? Any kind of sort of? You know, did you ever Bible delve? Do you know what that means? yeah see he knows that's great so you go out into the forest <laughs> and yeah and you sit on a stump and you close your eyes and you pray to Jesus so hard and you say Jesus show me what you need me to sh- no show me what you need me to see and you open the book randomly and you run your finger down and you open your eyes and uh, mine were always about sodomy <laughs> like I couldn't get out of Leviticus like what's going on terrible books of the Bible. No, I did, I did I did. love Jesus for a long time. I wanted to have an invisible friend as a child. When I was eight, I wanted to have a four-foot cat. that was like a cat. that was my friend. It was an invisible friend. It was a fun friend. And I start, started having whiskers and talking to whiskers. And my parents were like, you cannot do that. But they encouraged me to talk to a 33-year-old man on my bed every night. <laughs> like am i holding hands with this they wonder why i have a beard fetish (laughs) like you had me hang it's cool it's cool to hang out with jesus he loves all the little children (laughs) in a really nice in a nice way i mean he didn't ruin everything about my life like just
8: just most of
1: it just most of my complexes are jesus based it's fine wow the cops are out tonight cool cops no do you know any cool cops does anyone know any cool cops no you don't know any cool cops I there was <laughs> a minute I'm gonna this isn't I didn't mean to t- tell this, but I'm just gonna tell m- everyone's sort of been talking about white privilege and white guilt a little bit and I'm gonna tell you the one time I realized in San Francisco that i I legitimately was like, this is white privilege. I know this I am like owning it and so I was <laughs> it was like 1.45 in the morning and the bar had closed. Remember wh- remember when bars were open wow. and I was wearing I was wearing big girl shoes because I was like trying to talk to men or whatever and so <laughs> I had my big girl shoes on, but I had to take them off because my feet hurt so bad. And I was wearing like a thing, and I was like in the street, and I'm waving my shoes in the street, and I'm like, I need a cab. I need a cab. I need help. I need a cab. And a police car drives up, and they're like, hey, can we help you? And I was like, I need a cab. And they said, where do you live? I was like, I live in the Tenderloin. And they're like, get in. And they drove me home. So that is white privilege. Because if I would have been any other color, they would have arrested me. Like I know that for a fact. That's that's just real. I was like, oh, look at me be a dumb cute white lady. Yay, I can do that. I like I forgot I was a pretty girl, but I went to a party the other week and someone gave me ketamine. I was like, oh, I am a pretty girl. I forgot I could get drugs for that. Wow. <laughs> I had been in a relationship for so long. I forgot you could get things by being cute. I'm putting feminism back 20 years by saying (laughs) these things. I'm sorry, ladies, gentlemen. I am a feminist, and I don't. I don't. It's such a dirty word these days. Like, but I have to call myself that, right? Because language is political. And what else do I call myself? I'm a I'm a woop man, or a feet male or a person, we are all people. (laughs) I know it's not spelled like that, but boys have a peephole, and girls have a vagina. (laughs) So I have to call myself a feminist because it's the only word spelled without the word men in it. (laughs) You could spell, are you a witch? You can read? (gasps) Oh my God. A lot of people are like, bleh, how do you spell feminism? Feminism is spelled with an I. I am a feminist. There's no men in feminism. Ah, so, but they're they're everywhere else. They're in every other word. Like, you know, when we become a wha- man, what do we do? Men straight. <laughs> we men straight. It's the one thing you can literally never do when you put your name all over it. And you think it's gross. (laughs) Men straight. Ladies, we have sex for the first time. What do you break? You're hymen. Hymen. Hi. I can have sex with all of you now. Hymen. The one I really understand, though, because I'm going through it right now. Menopause. Men have stopped pausing. They're no longer... (laughs) (laughs) They're <laughs> swiping their eyes right, left. They're, didn't even see that one. She's old. She's going through menopause. If men, if menopause is the worst or the best, the one best thing about going through menopause is that nothing's coming out of here, and I can finally wear cute panties. <laughs> like, there, <laughs> there's nothing coming out. It's like, oh, is that? I never understood the concept of wearing cute panties. I'm like, they just get destroyed. <laughs> like, there's nothing. The other um, terrible thing about menopause is that I've become a 14-year-old boy. So I not only have like the sex drive of a 14-year-old boy, I also smell like a 14-year-old boy. <laughs> I smell like pastrami now. <laughs> I don't even eat pastrami. And Fritos corn chips a little. I don't eat Fritos either. Fritos and pastrami, why? Why is this happening to my body? I don't understand. I'm sweating at night. Like I used to drink a lot and I used to worry about like peeing in my bed. I woke up and I was so wet. And I'm like, my God, I didn't even drink last night. Did I pee in the bed? And no, I was just sweating. It's just a puddle of my own sweat. I'm sorry, you guys are like, what? It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I just sweat profusely all the time now. If men went through menopause, every single corner would have like an b- air conditioning unit on it where you'd just be able to like turn around in like a little rotisserie circle. Like, this isn't happening. It's, it's, not, it's not terrible. That's, it's great, I haven't. I don't have to have kids anymore. So I, actu- I actually have to get my IUD removed, right? Because I have a copper pool sweeper in my uterus <laughs> that keeps out all the dead babies. That's, that's what's been in there. Keeping you safe, America. I've been worried about this whole Roe v. Wade being overturned and how they've stacked. The, they, the Supreme Court is very scary right now and all of that crazy stuff. I had a really bad period, and I thought I aborted the ghost of Scalia. <laughs> it was bloody and bad. turns out the entire Supreme Court is still inside my uterus. That's why it hurts so much. They're all inside there. Big robes, voluminous benches. R- voluminous robes, big benches. Other way. Sorry. Abortions. No, I. I only. I mean, you are mm, young. This is a young, beautiful crowd. This is this is the. This is the young, beautiful section over here. I have abortions older than you. I'm certain of it. <laughs> like they are so young and pretty. I only have one regret about my first abortion in 1995. 26 years ago, first abortion. One regret. And that's that I didn't have the kid. Because right now, I could be having sex with all of his friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I have such regrets. <gasps> what was I doing? Why did I do <laughs> just Just would have taken a little work, you know, to get the... I love um, soccer, I know. Liverpool's playing on Sunday, on Easter Sunday. Hell yeah. I love, I love premier league soccer i love world cup soccer i love all soccer because finally i get to watch hot 23 year old men make goals (laughs) they're just making goals i like never seen it here so cute they all live with their moms they're like mom can you make me breakfast they're like can you make any goals at all (laughs) I, i woke up is that not good enough i'm I'm a Gen Z. I'm alive. That's not good enough for you. <laughs> they want them. They want a reward for everything, right? I'm sorry. Let them. Let them fake it till they make it. Are we just kidding? Sorry. I'm now. I'm off the rails. <laughs> you know. You know, how people. When they go on the rails, they go off the rails. Uh, a lot of people say I look like Katherine Keener if she had a serious problem with cocaine. <laughs> and to that, I say I don't look like Katherine Keener. Oh my gosh. Ain't no party like a dog party. Oh wow, we're getting in. Oh (laughs) (laughs) no, no. Let the dogs have a party. They're all just saying hello to each other. He says, I think your dog is a bear. He's trying to keep us safe. It's just so big. There's a couple are there any bears in the audience? No. (laughs) He's trying to keep us safe from the bears. Hey family, <laughs> cool. That's nice to see. If is there was there a Good Friday parade? There was a there's a parade for Jesus. That's exciting. I'm, I'm glad. I thought that I thought that San Francisco was like Sodom and Gomorrah, but there's actually people that have good good wonderful morals here. Uh, I I was I my, the only orgy I've ever been a part of was was with. <laughs> was with porn clowns, <laughs> was, with, was with a group of porn clowns. And you know what? They do exactly what you think they do with balloons. They do exactly what you're thinking. That's what they do, because they're porn clowns. They're, uh, they're a real group. Oh boy, wouldn't even know if I should get into that story. <laughs> Ooh. And he, it, it wasn't even at Burning Man. That's <laughs> San Francisco can be weird, man. <laughs> One time I took so much acid I forgot how to ride a bike. Has that ever happened to you? I just held it and was like, I need to walk down Petrero. I have no idea how this thing works. <laughs> cool. I, I love drugs, which is why I shouldn't have children, right? They definitely should not have any kids. But I am scared that the Roe v. Wade could be overturned. And uh, that would be terrible. Because you don't want me to have a kid, all right? America. If America changes its laws, and they're like, you need to have a baby for, like, some reason, I would need some new tools to drill some holes in the trunk of my car so the baby could breathe while I'm hanging out at the bar, (laughs) you see. Because you put the baby in the trunk with a sleeping bag. Isn't that what you do when you can't afford a babysitter? That's what you – no? You don't put the – I can't afford a nanny. What? I'm, I'm not, <laughs> not going to go to the bar. Are you kidding me? Don't make me have a baby. It's going to turn nine, and it's, I'm going to have to go to one of those parent-teacher conference things, and it's going to be first grade for, like, the fourth time or something. And the teacher's going to look at me and say, um, Miss Benjamin, your child said that uh, you love alcohol more than it. <laughs> and I'm like, this is a sippy cup filled with vodka, okay? <laughs> I didn't want the kid. And then it turns 12 and it starts doing ketamine and I'm like, who is your dealer? (sighs) I can take you to Burning Man. We can get to know each other. It's going to be great. And then it turns 15 and it teaches me the cutest thing, this fictional baby. If 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 you've been doing cocaine for 24 hours, you don't eat your boogers. You smoke them. From the mouths of babes, genius right? <laughs> and it, fi- it finally dies at 17. It dies. Oh, God. The fictional baby dies. And it's this speedball thing, like cocaine heroin straight to the vein, right? 17 years. 17 years old. That's the latest late-term abortion I could ever have. <laughs> That's a 17-year late-term abortion. It was your choice, America! To put it through rehab four times, <laughs> not mine. I'm on Medi-Cal. I can't afford that. Psh. Good. Uh, women's rights and uh, let let people continue to have abortions. Yay, yay, yay. Should I do one more abortion joke or should I get off it? Is it too dark? Can I do one more? <laughs> okay, one more one more abortion joke. I, I I only have um I only have one regret about my, my second abortion. And, it, I mean, it was it was great. I got in there, and they put my legs up in the stirrups, and they give you this drug, this amazing drug t- called midazolam. It's a short-lived, fast-acting benzodiazepine. See, I shouldn't be having kids. I love drugs. <laughs> like, I'm like, benzos, yeah! <laughs> midazolam! It lasts for, like, five minutes, and it is sweet. You feel great, right? So my legs are up in the stirrups, and I'm all open to the thing, and they're looking down at the crash site, and the doctor says, he goes this is like a 5 minute procedure and some people talk and some people don't talk and i said has anyone ever told jokes <laughs> and they were like no that's never <laughs> happened i had a killer show you guys <laughs> I, oh I killed <laughs> it was it, it was actually it was a bringer show and i left it there <laughs> and it was <laughs> And the only regret I had is they wouldn't let me take my phone in, so I couldn't tape the set. I don't remember what jokes I told. I don't remember if I was funny or not. I don't remember if it was a life-changing experience, if it really mattered. I don't know, because I didn't tape the set. So (laughs) (laughs) I just did jokes for a bunch of doctors with my legs open. (laughs) That's good. No babies, just cats. Cats? Cats, cats, cats. Everyone hates cats. You love cats? I love cats. Cats, 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 No, I super, I super love cats. I have a new kitten. She's not new. She's like a year old now. But I still, she still doesn't listen to me. And I call her all the time. I cat call her. I go, come here, baby girl. <laughs> baby girl, I love you. And She ignores me, right? I'm, baby girl, baby girl, come here. She shows me her butthole, like, you're asking for it. I get over there. I pick her up without consent, and I flip her over and turn her into a baby, and I kiss her on the mouth. <laughs> it's cat calling. It doesn't even work on cats. It doesn't work. I, I do live in the Tenderloin, though, and I get cat complimented all the time, I don't know (laughs) if that happens to anybody. I always know when I look cute when I'm coming here because I get propositioned for sex. Like, that's, (gasps) my outfit's cute. (laughs) No, I don't don't need to give you, do you you need a job? No, no, no sir, I'm fine, thank you today. But I did get a really great compliment the other day. A gentleman said, girl, you've been living a long time to look 22. (laughs) (laughs) That's a compliment. Straight up. I'm taking it. Another gentleman, he looked me deep in the eyes. And he was like, you look like you know something. <laughs> I have always wanted to be seen as smart, you know? And, like, I think he saw me. We really connected. It's really beautiful. But I don't, I don't like wearing skirts because I do get undue attention. And uh, a gentleman came up to me and said, Hey, I like that skirt. Can I get under there and get a sniff? Ah! Ah! That's cat calling. Oh, so that's gross, bro. Like, why do you want to smell that dude's jizz? Like that's so gross. That's on you, man. Actually it's on me. It's all up for me. <laughs> it's gross. Ah! No, I have been really lonely in COVID and I was doing a lot of masturbating, like a lot, a lot, a lot of masturbating because I broke up with my boyfriend, blah, 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 blah. But my imagination is so vivid. I masturbate to podcasts. Anybody else? Is there any podcast anybody likes to masturbate to? Does anybody have? Do you, Which ones do you like? Oh! Ira Glass. Oh, I could have some Ira Glass in my head. Yeah, he's some set. Sa- he's some set. Sa- ooh, he could just call me right down. He could get me right to the place. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I'll, I might agree with that. One. Anyone else have any podcasts that they like to masturbate to? Any guesses of what you think I masturbate to? Nope. Planet Money. No, I'm a socialist. I don't, I'm um, money, money does not get me hot. I'm like, oh, gross, capitalism, oh, uh, look at the violence inherent in the system, argh. like, I can't, I can't, can't get off on that. <laughs> uh, uh, so I I uh, actually masturbate to my own podcasts. Because I'm a narcissist, and, and I can do everything better than everyone else. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to get it done myself, the way it needs to be done, with myself talking. Well, I, uh... <laughs> I did I did I did have the opportunity to have sex the other day and it was really vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black plastic.
3: This is Tuser We'll mute in the radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Oh!
8: My name is Breakfast. Oren Gleish is fighting the, the President the of Colombia. Uh, Stephanie and Jemison Africa, is one of the most feared women in Bangladesh. And Africa, Africa. And Stella Mason Africa. is a dangerous We're element according to the government We're of China.
5: These people the are all members of Amnesty, Amnesty International. When Oren writes a letter to the President of Colombia, innocent citizens might not be rounded up and killed. When Stephanie sends a fax to the Prime Minister of Bangladesh, innocent women might not be beaten. Stella sends an email to the president of China. Innocent Chinese citizens might not be tortured, and if enough members write in, these things might never happen again. Join Amnesty International during our 40th anniversary.
2: Take some of those ideas and say, well, oh, this element made them move, or this type of bass sound really excites people or this type these type of highs or this type of voices or whatever we we see immediate reactions
3: Institution had the idea for this plan and it's been used in our elections since our government began When you pull down all my levers for the person of your choice you're also choosing state electors who will have the final voice They're called the Electoral College and they'll meet to stipulate who the voters have selected to be the winner in each state. Now the number of electors that your state is going to get is based on total population. That's the formula that's set. And when the popular vote is counted To find a winner in each state Each state will pledge all of its electors To choose the winning candidate I like it! I like it!
7: E-L-E-C-T-O-R-A-L Electoral College And we deserve
3: a yell! And even if the vote is close. Wins by just a little tiny hair. The electors give that person all their votes, and it's considered fair and square. I'm gonna send your vote to colleagues when you vote for president, and now the electoral. If they don't have a big macho football team. It's every politician.
7: Sweet, double One, one sitting sitting in line. Railway, railway station, one four. One, two, four. Don't Railway
3: station, one in line. poor fool Where do you sweet
7: see recommends. those goddamn bats?